Hello, everyone. This is Haley, your host of Uplift Lifestyle Podcast. I am so excited about today's interview. I will be interviewing Kendra Tolbert, women's health registered dietitian, yoga instructor, and nutritionist. I am so excited to dive into all things women's health and energetics today and share this chat with you. Before we dive into the interview, I will share with you Kendra's bio. What an impressive, freaking beautiful soul. Oh my goodness. Kendra Tolbert is an award-winning registered dietitian, yoga teacher, and certified aromatherapist specializing in PCOS and women's health. She combines traditional wisdom and the latest research to help people improve their health and hormones. She believes balance can be reached without going to extremes. Love it. All right, here is my conversation with Kendra. Hello, Kendra. How are you? I'm good. I am so excited to be chatting with you today. (laughs) How is your day going? It's beautiful. I am sipping a coffee. I just did a workout, was on live earlier. Like, you know how it is, the life of an entrepreneur (laughs) in the wellness field. (laughs) It can be very, very busy. So good. How are you doing? How's your day? Well, I interviewed a friend um, for my YouTube channel, and I've just been taking it really slow. I overdid it earlier in the month, and so my body pretty much sat me down, as it tends to do. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Kendra had the exact same thing. I was like, yay, it's January, go, 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 and then my body was like, no, 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 you need to relax. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. I totally get it. Okay, beautiful. And Kendra, where are you calling from? I know you're in a different time zone. Where are you at today? I'm in Austin, Texas. Amazing. How are things? How are you doing over there? How are things going? Uh, you know, it's it's always a mixed bag here in Austin. I feel like <laughs> I never know exactly what to expect. Um, so it was 70 degrees earlier this week, but three weeks before that, it snowed. Um, before I moved here, I lived on the East Coast. So New York and D.C. and Virginia. And so I thought, ooh, Texas, it'll never snow there. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would have never thought it snowed there either. I'm Canadian, so I can handle snow. But over here in Ontario, we get our snow. I can imagine. Yeah. So, Kendra, why don't you share, I've already read your bio, and you're such an impressive person, just from what I've gathered from your page, from your YouTube channel, all the things, but can you share with the audience a little bit more about you, maybe something that doesn't um, necessarily get shared in your bio, something a little more? Oh, I love this question, Um, that I am just kind of like a movement nerd. I've always, always, always loved to move in all its forms. I remember sitting on my couch with my legs behind my head to watch cartoons when I was little (laughs) and like my best friend cousin, we would constantly come up with these dance routines and then I remember like the 96 Olympics and thinking I can do that, (laughs) like watching gymnasts and just assuming that I could do what they did and I would use like the border on our rug as my balance beam and so I would do handstands there like I've just always needed to move actually started ballet when I was like 20 which is super late to do ballet but I totally wanted to do it as a kid and so I started taking ballet as an adult fell in love with it stopped doing it but then started to take like 
Hollywood dance classes and salsa. So pretty much any form of movement, I've probably given it a try, including aerial, which was probably my favorite. Like, I loved hanging upside down from the ceiling. Is aerial like those um, uh, those beautiful silk things that you hang from? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, such a so feminine. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. So feminine. So beautiful. I love that. So it does sound like you are quite the movement specialist and the audience is aware that you're a yoga teacher and a registered dietitian. And that was like, that's, to be honest, that's exactly why you're here on the show, because you clearly have like that holistic, beautiful relationship with your body, mind and soul. And maybe you can share a little bit with the audience about how that journey looked for you. Was it yoga first, then nutrition or what, what did that look like? Yeah, so definitely yoga first in terms of what I was exposed to first. So my high school English teacher would have us do yoga sometimes in class. We had her right after lunch, so I'm convinced it was just her way of getting us to, like, calm down (laughs) after just being riled up at our lunch break. And so she would have us move everything. And I remember lying down, so it was, like, mostly shavasana and probably, like, meditation. That's the best. Um, And I loved that, but then I became a dietitian, and as I was working with women, mostly women um, with PCOS, I noticed that there was a lot of self-blame and like a disconnect that people had between themselves and their bodies, and so I Mm. wanted to figure out how I could help them bridge that gap and become friends once again with their body, and so I was like, yoga, of course, that's, I I can think of no better thing than to help, well, to help people connect with their bodies and yoga, so I decided to do a 200-hour training, and then I did a fertility training, and I did a part one and a part two of a fertility training, Then I did a women's health fertility um, training that was based in, like, traditional Chinese medicine that was tons of fun. Cool. So that's how it ended up being a part of how I help my clients. Oh, I love that. And and I love what you shared there, and this is something I work with my clients as well a lot, how you said the disconnect from the body and isn't it crazy how common that is it's so so common and it makes sense I think for a number of reasons one of the things that I talk to my clients about a lot is how much fear there is in care Um, so often people are encouraged or motivated through fear they're told all of the risks they're told all of the things that could go wrong if they don't get it together yes and anything that you're afraid of you run from and so your body becomes the thing that you're afraid of so I've seen people literally try to run from their bodies but you can't get away from it because it's Mm. where you live Oh my goodness. Yes. I have like full body chills just you saying that. I've had my own experiences with that that disconnect and it's quite, yeah. quite debilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, can you maybe just since we brought that up and it might be, you know, really resonating with someone listening, can you just give them an at home in the moment practice that they could do right now to support themselves if they're feeling this disconnect? I love to just place my hand on my lower abdomen and then my other hand at the center of my chest and to close my eyes and just breathe. Um, I think that can be a lovely way just to see that your breath is always with you, to feel your heart beating against your hand. I don't think we think about how much our body does for us without us ever asking it to do anything. And so that reminder, like it keeps showing up for you mm. no matter what is really powerful so just that simple practice of one hand on the lower 
belly and the other hand at the center of your chest can really help you to reconnect. Oh my gosh. Yes, Kendra. I just was doing that the whole time we're chatting and it is such a simple but so powerful way to become embodied. And that's that's really what, um, at least what I believe we're here on the human, on the earth plane to experience is the full embodiment. So I love that practice. How beautiful. I guess this segues really nicely into my next question, which is unique to your practice and your work. How does your work how does it look like your work with a client? Is it virtual? Is it in person? Is it yoga and nutrition or one or the other? Can you explain that to the audience and to me? Yeah. So since COVID times, um, definitely purely virtual. Yes. I was already doing some virtual, but I did have an office here in Austin, but that shut down pretty quickly um, after <laughs> we realized what exactly was going on. So it's completely virtual. Um, which I really like and I think my clients like. Uh, Before I had my own private practice and I was seeing people virtually, I was mostly seeing people through this app called Maven Clinic. Um, And it was so cool because clients could walk over to the refrigerator and pick up the yogurt that they had bought and actually take a look at the ingredient label or go into their pantry, which isn't something you can do if someone's in your office. So I love virtual because in the moment people can show you, they can, they may not remember exactly what supplement they're taking, but they can walk over to their bathroom and pull up all their supplements. So I love virtual for that reason. Yes. Mostly. Yeah. And I think people are comfortable in their own home, right? So it's nice for someone to be at ease during a session. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, continue to, to share on that a little bit. How do they connect with you? And is it is it like a sitting down or is it you going through yoga postures? Like, I'm so curious how you connect the two. <laughs> So mostly we're sitting down and we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about their life. Um, At the end of a session, I might ask someone some questions about, you know, if they have any injuries or anything like that. And then I create a yoga sequence for them that I record and then I make the video available to them about a week later. And then they practice it and they can message me if they have any questions or if they need anything kind of tweaked. And then we go from there. But for the most part, yoga is something that I'm doing, I'm recording, and then I'm providing it so they can practice it throughout the week. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm an embodiment coach. So when I work with my clients, it's kind of similar. Like we're sitting down and then I'm like, okay, no, we need to stand. We need to do this. And it's like all over the place, but so what it needs to be. So good. So Kendra, you are a specialist in fertility and I am so curious to hear about this. I did my uh, clinical placement in pelvic floor physiotherapy and I worked in women's fitness um, pre and postnatal specifically for two years. So I heard a lot about fertility, infertility, um, and all the things in between. And I'm just curious for you to to share with the audience because it's something that's not often spoken about, but something that's so close to home and so common. So can you just kind of riff on fertility and infertility a little bit here for us? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time thinking about fertility and what it means. And lately I've really been kind of enjoying thinking about it beyond just reproductive health. Absolutely. That's a part of it, but I enjoy thinking about what the word fertile means. So it's being creative and productive and full of vitality. And so I really like to kind of help my clients to see it in that way. 
So, like, what are some other things that they can do in their life to develop or, I guess, cultivate? Yeah, cultivate is the right word. Those particular characteristics, because I don't think you can separate how you feel in one area from your life um, from how you feel in another area. So if someone doesn't have creative outlets in another area of their life, I encourage them to find that because I personally think that it does have an influence on your ability to create life in Uh, this other way. Yes. So that's where I hang out, (laughs) kind of in the world of metaphor and symbolism and I think sometimes I probably lose people along the way because it's like, how did she get over there? What does painting have to do with my uterus? But I'm convinced they're connected. Oh my God, I love that. I'm obsessed with that. And to me, like, I I mean, I'm as spiritual and freaky as they come. So to me, it just makes (laughs) sense. It's like, of course, that makes total sense. And I love that. Good, good, good. I'm happy I'm not alone. No, absolutely not. Um, So that's a little bit on sort of the holistic approach to fertility and what that word fertile means. And I love the name of your company, Live Fertile. And on the um, on the website, I was having fun kind of browsing around. It looks like you're doing a ton in the YouTube space. And I guess I'll just share with the audience. And, and I've already told you, Kendra, but that's where I first found you because one of my clients, I work with her, I'd worked with her for two years and um, lots, lots going on there with with hormones and things like that. So I had her paired up with a good friend of mine who's a naturopath, but discovered that she has PCOS. And it was one of those things that, and this isn't a slam to the Western medical model at all, but it it can be the case that a lot of these things are overlooked, especially in women's health. And that was kind of her situation. So it was sort of brushed under the rug, her having PCOS. But as a very investigative coach that I am I was actually just personal training her at the time but I get very deep with my clients on all the things and uh, we realized that this PCOS had a lot to do with her weight management with her health all in all areas of life so that's when I went online went onto YouTube was sort of researching PCOS to better understand it I remembered studying it once in nutrition and I took clinical kinesiology so we did cover it But I was looking around and your video came up. So that's where I found you. And that's what led to this divine conversation. So can you share with the community, the audience here, what PCOS is? And it's something you specialize in, something you're so passionate about. So I'm so curious to hear about like how common it is, what it affects and all the things. Yeah. So it's incredibly common. It's from what I know, the most common endocrine disorder in women. Um, and typically it said women of reproductive age, but it doesn't stop at menopause. Like the yeah. impact of it is something that people carry into the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, and so its name can kind of mislead some people uh, because you don't necessarily have to have polycystic ovaries in order to have polycystic ovary syndrome. Oh. As long as you meet two of the three diagnostic criteria, you have PC. And so the diagnostic criteria does include polycystic ovary morphology, so actually having polycystic ovaries, um, but it's also irregular menstrual cycles. Um, and ooh, why is the third one slipping my mind? Ah, high <laughs> androgen levels. Um, and so that can be androgen levels that you know people can tell they're high either from acne or hirsutism or hair loss. Um, so two of the three of those, and it doesn't matter which two of the three. Okay. And so I've definitely seen people not receive a diagnosis, unfortunately, because they didn't have polycystic ovaries. 
and not having a diagnosis makes it really difficult for them to know what to do to manage the concerns they are experiencing. But you can absolutely have PCOS and not have polycystic ovaries. And you can have polycystic ovaries for other reasons besides PCOS. So it's really important that a provider does all of the lab work that's necessary so that they can determine, are we seeing these symptoms for a different reason other than PCOS? I'm really big on people getting the labs necessary to Mm -hmm. rule out other concerns because what might be great to help someone manage their PCOS would be terrible for them to do if they had HA. Um, Mm. So it's important that people know exactly what they're dealing with and you only know that through investigation. Exactly. Wow, exactly. So can you share with us um, some of the common symptoms of having it other than what you described on diagnostic levels but what about someone just at home like thinking oh something wrong with me Mm, yeah so definitely what I've seen a lot of what draws a lot of people to seek out you know figure out exactly what's going on with them definitely the irregular menstrual cycles a lot of times people don't get diagnosed until they're trying to conceive and they have difficulty conceiving Mm. Um, anxiety and depression are definitely two symptoms that it's been associated with um acne hair loss unwanted hair growth there are all sorts of things okay just fatigue can be a huge part of it there are lots of things that can show up that are related to pcos okay and what are some implications that because i know a lot of people listening they they're very very well engulfed in the wellness field um mostly women so this is totally relevant but how does the role play in weight management and weight loss is that is are they directly related or is it more of an indirect through the hormones <laughs> so at least the way I tend to approach it um, I don't focus on weight loss or weight management as the the way that I'm going to help someone manage their symptoms and there's a number of reasons for that the main reason is that I'm determined to do no harm yes. or at least as little harm as I possibly can. Yes. And people with PCOS are already at an increased risk of developing an eating disorder. Mm. And so I don't want to add to that by putting pressure on them to change their body size. So you will often hear people focus in on weight and weight loss as the major thing um, to help someone improve their PCOS. But I've also seen where when someone gets the idea that weight is the most important thing, they'll go to extremes yeah. to get into a smaller body. And as a result, they actually do things that move them away from health. I've had clients who have, you know, done whatever the fad diet is at the time and lose weight and their providers are celebrating them. And then they talk to me and they're like, Kendra, I have diarrhea. And my husband is like, he's done with me. He's like, please go eat a carb because <laughs> I'm so grouchy. Yeah, that's not health. No, we can't just look at weight and say, oh, well, that improved. So now you're better. Like, but how are you feeling? How are you functioning? That matters. So I choose to focus in on behaviors. And if that results in someone losing weight, cool. But if it doesn't and everything else improves, also very cool. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I know that that was there was a direct link more so in the sense that um, my client was doing all the things to, mm-hmm. you know, improve her, optimize her weight and her health. And 
and then it kind of came out that this was a factor. So I thought, okay, well, this is definitely hormonally related. Like, and I just ended up sort of getting her access to a naturopath. And that's again, when I came across your stuff. So I figured there might be a direct link there, but I love, 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 love your, your view on that and the holistic version of it, that forcing yourself into a smaller body is not health. Oh my goodness. And yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely imperative. And everyone listening to this show knows that we don't ever pressure or push that at all. So I love you. I love you sort of amplifying that. Um, now I do have a question for people listening this to this that are on like hormonal contraception. How does that affect their PCOS? Like how will they know if their periods, cause their periods are probably pretty regular. Ooh, how do I answer this one? Okay. I know this. I'm hitting so, you hard with the questions today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's super common for people to be diagnosed with PCOS and immediately be handed birth control pills and told that this will regulate your period. And it will give someone a regular bleed, but it hasn't gotten to the root of why it is that they're not having a regular period on their own. And what I've seen is people think, oh, cool, I'm back to bleeding regularly, all is well. And they go years without having a reason, really, to be curious about what their body was telling them, because a symptom is your body talking to you. And, you know, the pill kind of shuts down the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I think birth control pills are amazing at doing what they were designed to do. They are great at preventing pregnancy if that's not something that you want I'm not a huge fan of turning to it as the first line of treatment yeah um, for people's symptoms but it has its place too and for some people they're not in a place where they are ready or able to focus on the behavior change and so the regular menstrual cycle or at least the regular bleed can help them in other ways it can help them at least know what to expect from their bodies and so it has its place and I think it's a really personal decision about whether or not to use it Um, but I think most people aren't being told enough information to make an informed decision they're just being told do this it'll regulate your period Mm -hmm. and that's all they have to go off of totally absolutely okay thank you for clarifying that because I know there's probably a, a large portion of people listening to this taking some sort of contraception Um, I also know there's going to be a large audience that listening here actually that has experienced infertility or is, Mm -hmm. is going through that. So again, just your, your genius and sharing it here is, is so valuable to the audience. So I can't thank you enough. I kind of want to switch gears and move into your holistic sense of like fertile living, because this is just such the vibe that. I'm about and that my brand's about and the podcast, etc. So how do you live fertile, like in all areas of your life? Can you share with us? Yeah, I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not something that I do perfectly at all. I am just as much, honestly, when I create a video or I create like an Instagram post or a blog post, like I'm, I'm talking to myself so much, Same. Um, especially when it, when it comes to sleep, that's the one that I'm always working on. Mm. But yeah, I'm working on it, right? So, and I'm also incredibly gentle with myself because I think sometimes when we're working towards something, we can be a bit, um, we can lack compassion in our approach towards ourselves. So I will 
say that practicing self-compassion is probably the most important part of my self-care practice and it's something that I'm constantly working on Mm. Um, I try to read books that make me feel good and feel um, in some way or another inspiring so that's a part of it for me just doing things that I love um, spending time in nature is a huge part of it for me sleep 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 (laughs) working on sleep I love that. I love that. And I know you're obviously big into yoga. That's obviously a huge part of your life. Um, I too am a trained yoga instructor, but I, it's funny because I only recently, I've been trained in it for like five years, but I only recently started doing it to be honest. And, um, it was more one of those things like, yeah, I kind of did it cause it made sense. But at the time I wasn't as into it, but now my body is just craving it and um do you have any other movement I know you say you like to dance around and do all crazy things movement but do you do any other sort of like workouts do you find your body at certain times of the month is like oh I'm craving something more intense as opposed to something so gentle hmm not really I I always joke (laughs) that like I did all the intense stuff when I was young and now my body is just like just chill I love Um, it um if I do maybe every now and again usually around ovulation I'll have just this like peak energy Mm. um and so maybe then I might do like a a a slightly more strenuous yoga practice but it's still typically yoga but I really do enjoy the contemplative part of yoga so I and I need that I think because my brain is always going Mm. so it helps me (laughs) to bring the brain back a bit too so it's always yoga. It may be different types. So right now I'm just kind of obsessed with yin yoga. Oh, just, yes. I love it. Um, <laughs> and then it's winter. So it's, I like when my practice meets the different or matches the different seasons, whether that's the seasons of my life, the literal seasons outside of me, or the seasons of my cycle. So right now I'm on my period. Hey now. Um, so yin <laughs> yoga is like where I want to hang out. I just want to be in a pose for a long period of time I don't want to move too much and I just want to feel like stretched and relaxed and that's all I want Oh my God. I love that Kendra. And that literally leads into my next question because I know you're going to be all over this. And this is something I'm just dipping my toes in and kind of researching on my own, but the seasons of the cycle, like I've had it explained to me as like, you have your, your period is your winter. Um, sorry, your premenstruals, your fall, your periods, your winter following up is spring and then summer. And like, just, I felt, felt so empowered when I started to structure my life around, those seasons of my own cycle can you can you expand on that like is this something that you're big into planning life around the cycle and working with your cycle to feel empowered as much as I can I encourage people to and I you know build it into my life again as much as I can because there are some times where it's just like you're on your period and you still need to go and speak somewhere yes like right now like today (laughs) (laughs) and so as much as possible and even if you can't you know honor it in this extreme way where it's like it's winter my period and I'm literally going to do nothing but can I still put in little pockets in my day where I'm more at ease or I'm I'm just closing my eyes or for me I find 
TMI probably, but like the first four hours of my period, very specific, like I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to read anything. And I've fully accepted that that's my body being like, no more inputs right now. I'm working on shedding. This is an output time. And I don't know what it is. I take a nap. I wake up and then suddenly I'm like, okay, we can deal with inputs. I love it. Um, Yeah. I think it's just paying attention to yourself too. I think that's a big thing. I think sometimes people want these hard and fast rules around what they should do and shouldn't do during different parts of their period or different parts of their cycle. But the truth is, is that like everyone's unique. And so you kind of have to listen to your own body. So some people may love lots of movement during their period because they can feel very stagnant. And so the movement Mm -hmm. actually helps with the cramps for them. Other people like me, I'm like, you'll find me on the floor asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I might roll over. Like that's all you're getting out of me. Um, But that's because I listen to my body. So that's, that's where I would say start is like, get to know yourself. Oh, I love it, Kendra. This is exactly what I preach with my clients. I, I have a program called the holistic wellness bundle and the, the sense of it is healing, awakening, and thriving and how that can all happen simultaneously. But the biggest hit home message is like, listen to your body. Like your body is your compass and it will tell you everything you need to know. And I just love exactly. that you're sort of, you're not sort of, you're absolutely living this truth and you're amplifying it here to this audience, to everyone you work with. When I chat with people like you, I just my whole body like vibrates in joy because I know that there's someone out there doing these things, making the world a better place in such a beautiful, open, supportive, non-judgmental way. So I just want to honor you as a person, Kendra. You're doing amazing work. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. The feeling's mutual. It's definitely like tuning fork moment for like Yes. 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 I love it. Okay. So we're going to chat for probably like 10 more minutes, but there's a couple questions I do still have. Can you share with our audience, you you specialize in women's health and from the, the dietics perspective and from a yoga perspective, can you sort of share, and I know every, every client's unique, believe me, I know the individualization is everything, but can you share with us some sort of common I don't want to say problems, but challenges people may come with and sort of how you'd respond to them. Yeah. Hmm. The first place that I start is always with blood sugar balance. Um, and that honestly does not matter too much to me, um, whether or not they have been diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes or, you know, they are aware of insulin resistance. I just think blood sugar balance is like one of the most important things in general. And there's actually some relatively new research that came out, I think it was earlier this month, and they were finding this connection between um, blood sugar dysregulation and fertility, even if it was below the point at which someone would be diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes or told that they were insulin resistant. It was Mm. like as their fasting blood glucose rose, their issues with fertility increased as well. And so I think everyone should be focused in on how do I keep my blood sugar balanced? And that doesn't always mean, I think where a lot of people go, they immediately go to like cut the carbs, eat no sugar, we're going hard. 
I think it's more about balance. Um, it's yep. how can I add in more fiber, fat, and protein to my meals? How can I eat my meals more regularly? How can I honor that first bit of a hunger cue that pops in instead of waiting an hour, two hours, three hours until I'm ravenous and my body's screaming out mm. for the quickest source of energy? And then, yeah, so at that point, I'm like... I want candy and I want cake and that's all I want because my <laughs> body needs it quick. It needs it fast. Yes. Um, so blood sugar balance is where I hang out. And stress management is a part of blood sugar balance. Um, getting enough sleep, that improves blood sugar balance. So it's so much more than just are there carbs and sugar in this. It's how am I supporting myself overall? Beautiful. I love that. So that seems like the main things people are coming to you the blood they're maybe noticing their mood or their energy is off and then you do the sort of diagnostics to recognize that their blood sugars are low or high or whatever that's oh I love that it's crazy how much information we get from these diagnostic tools and that's why I work so closely with um a naturopathic friend of mine I send clients her way but Kendra, I'm going to start sending people your way as well because with the with the combination of what you're working with here as a as with with what oh excuse me with what I do with work there's only so much that I can do once it hits sort of the diagnostic side of things so I love having people in my corner that I can send my clients to cuz I've worked with naturopaths I've taken dietics and learning so much about it. It's so empowering and people need to realize like you don't have to stay stuck. It doesn't have to be so hard. (laughs) It gets to be easy. Oh, I love that. I'm so happy you said it gets to be easy. I don't think people think it's supposed to be easy at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just it. And oh my gosh, my motto in life is it gets to be easy. Like I was having this conversation (laughs) with my partner last night and he was like, use the word sacrifice and compromise and I was like these are my least favorite words I don't want to hear I was being so I was so mad I was like no 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 it has to be easy and that's my motto and that's the reality I've created for myself so it gets to be easy period so we share that truth um okay Kendra one or maybe two last questions I always like to ask people this that I interview, and I usually ask it at the beginning, but we just got so excited chatting about all the things. But I want to ask you, what are you obsessed with these days? Like, what are you musing about? What are you researching? What are you reading? Like, what are you obsessed with these days? Because I feel in our industry, there's always like this new thing that we're like, yes, I want to learn more about that. Oh, gosh. Okay. Can I say two things? Of course. Take as long as you need. (laughs) (laughs) So traditional Chinese medicine, I've always had so much respect for it. And so I bought myself like a treating infertility with traditional Chinese medicine textbook. It's way over my head. I mean, I love that. I love it. There are parts of it that I'm like, oh, okay, I first need the first text. But (laughs) I was really fortunate um, to have one of my, well, two my trainings actually done with an acupuncturist who's also a yoga teacher so she always incorporated bits of traditional Chinese medicine into our training but there's so much more than clearly than what she can cover in like a 24-hour training you know so exactly um but this book is tons of fun to take a look at I got um I can't remember what it's called right now but there's another book that's more so for like especially western folk to understand traditional Chinese medicine 
Um, and there's another book called Voices of Chi that I've been taking a look at. And there's mm. another book called Awakening Fertility, and it's about a traditional Chinese medicine approach to fertility. So I've been just kind of diving into the world of traditional Chinese medicine. And I took a yin yoga training. Um, and so that, of course, incorporated TCM. Yes. So all things TCM. Oh, I love that. I love that. There's so much we can learn from the East. Actually, everything that they do is the best. (laughs) So, so good. Um, Okay. Can you maybe just to sort of like segue that because again, like the, the purpose is that everyone listening gets to take something from this beautiful conversation. And there's been so many countless things they can take from this, but just in what you've learned from Chinese medicine, are you comfortable sharing? Like, I know you're not calling yourself an expert in it, but maybe just something you've learned and you're implementing it in your lifestyle, something that might be helpful for all of us and everyone listening. There are so many things. Just the idea of harmony is something that's really, really important. Um, This idea that it's about, or health is really about this balance and this, this ability to move smoothly through cycles and the idea that energy should be moving smoothly through your body. And Mm -hmm. so there's something about that idea that just really makes sense to that it's all about flow in different areas of your life. So it's not about needing to force things, but more so about recognizing the wisdom of your body, more so recognizing like the magic of your own body. I often feel like in kind of a more conventional Western approach, um, there's a lot of focus on what like the pills will do for you, even what the food will do for you. And then somehow it seems like the body gets forgotten and Mm. it's like no no it's it's the wisdom of the body to know what to do with those things like still at the end of the day it's like how amazing is your body to know what to do with what you just gave it so that I find really lovely it just to me there seems to be this reverence for, for the wisdom of the body and our goal is simply to support what it was designed to do Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love, I love, love, love that. I'm sure you've heard this quote, the body whispers before it screams. Have you heard that one? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, yes, I live, I live in the world. Um, But I love that. And it's so simple. And I come back to it all the time. Those are amazing, amazing takeaways. And hearing it again, just the word harmony. I love that so much. I prefer harmony to balance because harmony really allows for the expansiveness of how multidisciplinary we are how multidimensional we are and how like you said when working with your cycles what maybe worked in week one doesn't work in week four and that's where the harmony comes in oh so good so good okay Kendra before we say goodbye do you have any last words for the audience just a little insight for them or something that sort of encompasses this gorgeous conversation we've had? Keep it simple. That feels really important. Um, something that I often say to people is just, you know, keep it simple. Like our bodies are complex, hormone conditions are complex, but your approach to managing them can be, and I think should be simple. Oh, Yes. Yes. Keep it simple, guys. This is, don't you find, Kendra, I know you find this. I'm sure you find this. Like the themes 
they're it's like a theme because yesterday I did a post on how it doesn't have to be hard it can be simple like taking care of your body gets to be simple taking care of your healing gets to be simple and you sharing that message is like I take it as a sign from the universe for us collectively to just take the pressure off and yeah heal do our thing feel our best in a way that feels tangible and doable I'm with you I love it. Okay, Kendra, before I actually say goodbye, can you let the audience know where they can find you? I'm, of course, going to link all your stuff in the show notes, but I find a lot of people just listen and don't look at the show notes. So if you can clearly just let everyone know where they can find you because you are a miracle worker and I want everyone to get a hit hand on your stuff. Thank you. So my website is the, ble- the blessed place to go. I meant to say best place. It's blessed. It's go. blessed. <laughs> And that's live fertile, L-I-V-E-F-E-R-T-I-L-E.com. Um, and then from there, you'll find links to all of my social media, including my YouTube channel, which if you go to YouTube, you can just search live fertile and you'll find it there. Um, and on Instagram, I'm at live.fertile. So essentially live fertile everywhere. <laughs> I love it. I love, love, love it. Okay, Kendra, I can't thank you enough. Like heart to heart, hugs, love. You're amazing. And we will follow up after this, but thank you so much for your time and wisdom. Thank you. What an incredible conversation with Kendra. I personally took so much out of that chat and I hope you did too. Be sure to check out Kendra's website and her social media. She has a robust amount of videos on her YouTube channel and it's definitely worth checking out. If you enjoyed this interview and this podcast, please subscribe, rate the episode, send me a message over on Instagram at uplift underscore lifestyle. I love hearing how you begin to implement the tips and tools that we talk about here on the podcast into your everyday life. My name is Haley. This is Uplift Lifestyle Podcast, and I wish you a beautiful day.